I preached this morning. I, I, I preached half a sermon. It just took me twice as long. And, uh, and I, didn't get to the, uh, I didn't get to the good part. But uh, I want to finish tonight and tell you some things that I believe God is dealing with me about. Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 12. If you found it, say praise the Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For ye are not under the law, but under, the, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. But know, know ye not, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey. Whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. God, I pray, anoint me to preach. Anoint our ears to hear not just the words that I say, but what your Spirit is saying. God, I ask you to accomplish your purpose in this place. God, to speak by your Spirit. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, let the gift of faith operate in this room tonight. Vanquish doubt and condemnation and unbelief and fear. God, vanquish every spirit of hell that would try to hold back your people from reaching and fulfilling their destiny. God, I pray by the authority of your word and in the power of the name of Jesus for there to be liberty tonight. And for your word, oh God, to bring faith into our lives. And God, for that faith to begin a good work in somebody's heart. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, pour out your spirit. God, pour out the Holy Ghost here tonight. God, answer our worship and our prayer with a harvest of your presence in this place tonight. And God, I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Amen. Lift your voice with that hand clap and let's worship the Lord. He's worthy. God, you're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I yield myself to you in worship right now, God. I yield my hands to you. I yield my voice to you. I yield my heart. Oh, God, I submit my spirit to you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. In the natural, bringing in a harvest has always been a season of great celebration. The reward for sowing, watering, and protecting precious seed that you've planted symbolizes the abundance and fruit from a season of work and sacrifice. The harvest is the yield from much work. In Britain, harvest festivals usually are at the end of September. There, people sing and pray, collect food and give to others. That voice sounds familiar. I feel a familiar spirit here. In Scotland, some people celebrate what they call Lammas, which is a harvest celebration where they bake bread and take it to the church to eat in thanksgiving for God's blessing. In Italy, they have the olive oil harvest where... A priest blesses the new oil and they have a feast. In Poland, they celebrate by lighting fires and throwing flowers into the river to thank God 
for his harvest. In America, we have the Thanksgiving festival that we're all familiar with. In Barbados, they have what they call the crop over, which is a sugarcane harvest in June, and they celebrate with singing and with dancing. In Argentina, West Africa, Thailand, China, on and on, nearly every culture in the world has some type of a celebration of harvest. There is a celebration that comes when the earth yields its harvest. When it comes to a spiritual harvest, our expectations should be great. When we sow good seed, we should expect to receive a harvest from the Lord. Amen. Some time ago, I was listening to a TED Talk from the 2015 TED Conference. The speaker for this particular session was a graduate from Yale University named Andrew Yoon. Mr. Yoon is the founder and director of an organization called the One Acre Fund which serves more than 400,000 farm families, primarily in Africa, providing them with the financing and the training they need to increase their yields and to climb out of poverty. Mr. Yoon lived in Africa for many years. He may still be living there, learning from the largest group of poor people in the world, which are small Holder farmers. When he visited Kenya in 2006, he was an MBA student who knew very little about farming. During that first trip, he met two farm families. One family was harvesting two tons of food from a single acre of land. The other family was starving to death. On the exact same Size farm, the exact same environmental conditions, the soil was the same. They were getting the same amount of sunshine and the same amount of rain. But one family was thriving and the other family was starving. The only difference in the two farms was the seed they were sowing. One family was planting good seed and one family was planting bad seed. It was then that Mr. Yoon realized that the difference between a harvest and starvation is the kind of seed that you're willing to plant. Your seed determines your yield. Amen. The truth is, the truth is that we determine what we get in life, and we determine what we get in the Spirit by what we're willing to sow in the Spirit. Amen. I'm here tonight to declare that we as a church and you as an individual are going to yield a great harvest in the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. One old prophet said many years ago, quote, Miracles are coming toward you and pass you by every single day. Often we miss our harvest because we fail to yield to the Spirit of God. May I tell somebody, you've got a miracle coming your way tonight. And you can have it if you're willing to yield to the Spirit of God. Some of you got a healing coming your way tonight. And you can have it. If you're willing to yield to the Spirit of God. Some of you have a financial breakthrough coming your way. Some of you have emotional uplifting coming your way. But it all is determined. It's coming your way right now. But it's going to be determined by how we yield. In the Spirit. I wish somebody would yield to Him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Isaac learned about yielding. He learned that yielding to God determines your harvest, your yield. 
Genesis 26 and 1 starts with a devastating phrase. And there was a famine in the land. The prospects of health with a famine were not good. The prospects of taking care of his family in an agricultural community when there is no rain. Certainly, there appeared as if there was going to be starvation. Isaac, in verse number 2, the Bible said, And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Isaac, your solution is not running down to Egypt when things get difficult. Your solution is not going to Egypt when things get hard. You yield to what I tell you to do. And everything is going to be alright. Can I tell you that when you face difficulty in life, the solution is not going to the world and not going back into sin. The solution is not giving in to this world. That's never the answer for a spiritual famine. If you're in a time of drought in your walk with God, it's not time to back up. It's not time to let go. Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach right now. I've watched people. Brother Austin, I've watched people that when they face difficulty in life, they get discouraged and their discouragement causes them to be unfaithful. I've watched people going through trial that seem to have a battle to open their heart and worship God. I've watched people have struggles to come and to be faithful. I've watched people sometimes when they go into a struggle, they drop their holiness standard when they should be raising their holiness standard. I've watched people. The answer to your famine is never to go to Egypt. It's never to back up and turn around and go. It's never the answer. Hallelujah. Can I tell you the answer to a famine is always, God, what more can I do for you? God, what more can I give to you? How can I praise you more? How can I be more faithful? How can I serve you more? The solution is not to back. Your harvest is determined by what you sow in your life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm trying to encourage somebody. Don't let up. Don't give up. Don't turn around. Don't slack up. But give God more. The more you need, the more you give. I'm going to skip a lot. And, and I'm going to go to verse number 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. And received in the same year. A hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. When you sow in obedience, you can expect the blessings of the Lord. How you yield to the instructions of God will determine what you receive in a harvest in your life. Praise God. I want you to read with me. Galatians 6, 7 and 9. I know it's hard, but, but, but our LED wall is on the way tomorrow. I don't know when we'll get it in and when we'll get it up. But it's on its way starting tomorrow. Praise God. And, and, I, and, and so I know you can't see it there. But this has been good practice to bring your Bibles to church again. Amen. Can I get a praise the Lord? I want you to read Galatians 6, 7, and 9 with me. Are you ready? Be with me. Not, 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 not re I want you to read it out loud with me. Let's do it that way. Be not deceived. God. Come on. Y'all going to have to help me out a little bit. The sermon just, it's not up. No, but we got to help them out a little bit. Are we good? Are we ready? All right. See, that's why you got to have your Bibles. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, your yield will determine your yield. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not 
be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. What I'm preaching today is an ancient principle that cannot be stopped by the devil. It can't be stopped by an economy. It can't be stopped by the world. The only one that can stop this principle is the person that sows. God, I'm going to keep on sowing. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be weary in well-doing. I'm not going to stop living right. I'm not going to stop giving. I'm not going to stop worshiping. Let me tell you, God's able to bless you no matter what gas prices do. Can I get an amen? I said God's able to bless you no matter what gas prices do. I've watched some churches crumble under COVID while I watched this church begin to grow and bloom and prosper. I've watched some people be broken by the last three years, but I've watched you get your lives blessed by God. I'm not going to quit. I wish somebody would understand what I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching a principle that no matter how bad the devil wants to fight it, he can't fight it because it's settled in the word of God. I wish some dads would just stand and raise your hands and say, God, I claim that promise for my family. God, I claim that promise over my children. God, I claim that promise over my finances. I claim that promise over my marriage. I wish some mama would stand right now and raise her hands and say, God, I'm not going to quit sowing. I'm going to keep sowing in the spirit. I'm going to obey the law of the harvest. I'm going to obey the law of the Spirit, and I'm going to sow. When I feel like there's no hope, I'm going to sow. When I feel like I can't make it, I'm going to keep going because I have a prop. You can stand or sit. It's your choice. It's an ancient principle. Your yield determines your yield. How you yield in the spirit determines your harvest. Go with me to Leviticus chapter number 26. In verses, starting at verse number 3. Hallelujah. You ready? If you walk, I'll read it to you. I just want you to follow along. If you walk... Everybody say if. if. I want you to shout if. if. That's your part. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. My job is to walk, keep, and do. My job is to walk, to keep, and to do. Then I will give you rain. My job is to walk. God's job is to give. My job is to keep commandments. God's job is to give rain. My job is to do what God says. It's God's job to give rain. He said, if you'll do your part, if you'll yield to my word, if you'll yield to my spirit, if you'll yield your life to me, then I promise you I'll give you rain when it's time for rain. And the land shall yield. And the... ah. Let me tell you something. I, I don't preach about money as often as I ought to. Amen. I don't. I don't preach it near as much as I should. But I understand this, this image of the money-hungry preacher. And so I, because of that, I sort of have robbed you all a little bit by not really hammering the principle. But I feel somebody's financial breakthroughs about to come in the spirit tonight. You know I don't preach about it every service. You know I don't say it every service. If you've been here at all very long, you know I don't harp on it very much. But I'm harping on it right now because I feel something in the Holy Ghost. There's about to be a breakthrough for somebody. If you'll walk in the statutes of the Lord, if you'll keep his commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season and the land. Somebody's about to get their increase out of the land. 
An old preacher one time said, if you don't want your blessing, I'll take it. An old preacher told a congregation one time, was that you telling me that? I don't know who was telling me, but they said there's an old preacher that told the congregation, if you don't want your miracle, I'll take your miracle. Well, let me just tell you, if you don't want your blessing, that's fine, God, I'll go ahead and take it. There's a breakthrough for somebody that's been struggling with some stuff. Amen, everybody's been struggling, you ought to be standing on your head right now. Amen, we, we ought to not have to be saying, come on, we ought to have to be calming somebody down that's been fighting the devil for your harvest, and now you're ready to reap it. You ought to say, God, I'm taking this word as my promise. I'm going to take it as you sent this man of God to speak it over my life. I claim it, I claim it, I claim it. He said, if you'll do your part, I'll give you rain in due season. The land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield her fruit. Verse 5, and your threshing. God, I claim that God, your threshing, the Bible said, and your threshing shall reach unto the vintage. Threshing is when you reap the harvest of grain. And you thresh the husk off of it. Whether it's wheat or whatever, you thresh the husk off of it. He said, I'm going to bless you so much, it's going to take you so long to thresh your grain that it's going to be time to harvest grapes. By the time you get through with your grain harvest, it's already time to harvest the vintage, the vine, the, the grapes. He said, I'm going to bless you so much that where there used to be a time in between your threshing and the vintage, you're not going to have that time because you're going to keep... You know what I believe in God for? I used to say all the time that a church can either have revival or it can disciple new people, but it's hard for a church to do both. I'm claiming it that this church is going to thresh until the vintage. That we're going to keep on having revival and keep on having revival and keep on having revival. That we're not going to have to take seasons where nothing happens. I refuse to believe that in this generation we can't see the greatest outpouring of the Spirit that we've ever seen. I'm expecting my threshing to reach all the way to the vintage. Woo, glory to God. He said, and you're threshing. He's having to tell him this because, because it's never happened for him like that before. He's having to explain it to him because they don't have a paradigm to understand that they're getting ready to break into a brand new level of harvest. Jesus. Their mind was used to having threshing and then a break and then vintage. But he said, you're getting ready to step into a dimension of blessing that you've never walked in before. You've dreamed about it. You've hoped for it. But I'm getting ready to tell you that if you'll walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, if you'll yield to me, then your ground is going to yield back to you. You're threshing. Oh, God. Your threshing is going to reach to the vintage. And the vintage is going to reap until it's time to sow again. He said, you're, you're, you're going to be threshing grain until it's time to get grapes. And you're going to be picking grapes until it's time to sow again. And start the process all over again. What he's saying is if you'll do your part, I'll make sure that you never run out of blessings coming your way. You shall eat your bread to the full. You're going to get so full of the blessings of God. You're going to eat until you're not hungry anymore. And you're going to dwell in your land safely. God is going to make a way for His church in this generation. God is going to make a way for His people in this generation. I'm not afraid of Democrats. I'm not afraid of Republicans. I'm not afraid of the economy. I've got a God that's bigger than all of it. But if I, but I got to yield. Ooh. Ooh. 
I had an apostolic businessman that's faithful in giving and sows into the kingdom of God. I had him, I had him tell me that, that, uh, that during the whole COVID deal, when everybody else was, was struggling and businesses closing down and the economy going through all kinds of stuff, that his business grew. I think, if now don't, don't hold me to this as gospel, but I, I think he told me that his business doubled in the COVID year. Because when you yield to God, your harvest is not subjected to the things that control the world. Your harvest is subjected to the laws of the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I'm not just talking about money. But when you submit yourself to worship, you can expect heaven to open up. When you submit yourself in prayer, you can expect God's ear to bend down and hear. Because what you sow, what you sow, you can expect it to come back. harvest doesn't just jump out of the field. You got to go get it. Amen. You got to go get it. Someone has to go reap it and you're that someone. Amen. You have to be involved to receive your yield. Psalm 67, 5 and 6. I'm almost done. I promise that I think I am. Psalm 67, 5 and 6. Man. Dear God. Jesus. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Then. Not before, then, my praise in this circumstance is not dictated by what I have in my hand already. This praise is dictated by my confidence in God and in his principles. Woo, Jesus. Let all, let the people praise thee. O God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase. It is written in the law of God that when God's people praise him, the earth has to give. It's just the law that when God's people praise him, the earth has to give the increase to the praisers. It's just a law, Brother Patton, that when you praise God, that the earth must release to you its increase. Jesus. The earth can't say, no, I don't feel like it. The earth can't say, no, I don't really want to right now. The world can't say, no, I don't want to really want to bless God's people. When the people praise him, the earth has no choice. The earth just has to give it up. It has to release it into the people of God. It has to release it into the family of God. The earth has no choice. When you obey the principle of God, it just comes. It just comes. It must come because it's a principle. There's something coming on a praiser right now. Hallelujah. Maybe you can't run. Maybe all you can do is wave your hand. Well, just wave your hand. Maybe you can't wave your hand, but you can just nod your head. But just somehow, you got to make the earth give it up, give up its increase to the worshiper. yield her increase and God even our own God shall 
bless us. It releases something in the spirit. You know what? Let the denominations make fun of how we worship. I'm not worried about what they think. Let the world make fun of the worshiper all they want. Let the carnal, cold, backslidden Pentecostal make fun of the worshiper all they want. But I know that when I worship, the land opens up and God starts pouring blessings on my life. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over. God, your worship releases something. It's a principle. Your yield will determine your yield. How you yield in worship will determine what you yield from the earth. Listen, listen to this quote. A, a guy named Jerry Savelle said, quote, The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your harvest. The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your harvest. I've said it over and over. Marshall, we were talking about it last night on the way back from the airport. I've said it over and over. The Bible gives qualifications for preachers. It gives qualifications for singers. It gets, uh, gives qualifications for doorkeepers. It gives qualifications for people that burn sacrifice. It gives qualifications even for the sacrifice that you burn. But it never says, look, you're too dirty to praise God. You need to shut it down. The Bible just says if you're breathing, you qualify. Let me tell somebody, your past may not be perfect. You may be scarred. You may be dirty. You may be broken. You may be hurting. But you can enact this promise right now by how you respond in praise. It's just the word of God. It's just the word of God. It's just a word from God. That when you praise God, then shall the earth. It's a principle. It's a principle. Your yield determines your yield. Somebody ought to open your mouth right now and let the Holy Ghost flow out of you. You ought to speak a word in faith in the Spirit right now. You ought to declare some stuff in the Holy Ghost by faith. God, I yield my mouth to you. I yield my hands to you. I yield my feet to you. I yield my mind to you. My yield will determine my yield. I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting a revival of miracles in Bethlehem Church. I can expect it because we're sowing. I expect divine healing to happen, maybe even tonight, because we're sowing. I expect people to come and repent and be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost because we're sowing. My yield. Our yield is determining. Our yield. Everybody that's able ought to at least raise one hand and just wave it to the Lord as a praise offering. You ought to just yield to it right now. God, you see your people praising you. We are, in an act, we are enacting the law of your word. God, that I preached over two services, that I preached from multiple passages, New Testament and Old Testament. God, what we're doing right now is saying that we believe the divine scripture and that by obeying it, we are releasing your blessings over our families and over our lives. Can I tell somebody? I feel this in the Holy Ghost. If your house is a war zone and there's tension and stress and combat in your house, you know what I want you to do? 
then the next time you walk into your house, I want you to walk in and just praise God anyway. Change the atmosphere of your home from combat to worship, from tension to praise. And you claim the blessings of God. I don't expect you to shout right now because you don't want to tell on yourself. But some of you need the house, need the presence of God to move into your home. But you got to do something different. You got to yield to God if you want to expect a yield in your home. Some of you that are struggling with your kids, when they're out of the house, you go in their bedroom and you have the best praise service you've ever had. You call down the power of God. Am I preaching anybody? You walk into that bedroom and you just start to worship God and say, God, I'm claiming your blessing right here. one more verse I want to preach but I don't feel like it's time to move on just yet I feel like somebody's just inching up towards their breakthrough it's been so long since you really yielded in worship that you feel a little bit uncomfortable but you need to take that next step and yield whatever it is you're trying to hold back right now just go in and yield it to God and say God I'm giving you my everything because I need that breakthrough in my life I'm expecting my harvest I'm expecting a harvest from tonight, God. I'm expecting a breakthrough in somebody's family tonight. The very next verse, verse number seven, God shall. Definite. A definite promise. Not a waffle God might. It might be for chance maybe. God shall bless us. Right? God shall. If you can't see it, that's on that, those screens back there. God shall bless us. I want you to look at somebody and say, God shall bless me. Husband and wife, look at each other and say, God shall bless us. Youth group, look at another young person and say, God shall bless us. Amen. I want you to shout it out loud like you really believe it. God shall bless us. Sometimes you got to speak it. Faith over fear. You got to speak your faith over your worry, over your doubt, over your unbelief. You got to speak the word. The word is greater than your fear. God shall bless us. God shall bless us. God shall bless us. God's going to bless your family. God's going to bless your spirit. God's going to bless your body. God's going to bless your children. God's going to bless your marriage. God's going to bless your finances. God shall bless us. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't stop praising him. Don't stop sowing. Your yield determines your yield. Come here, Marshall. Where's Brother Austin at? Come over here and then go back there. Me and, and these two guys and, and, and a bunch of other preachers, we just got back from Alaska. Brother Marshall's family owned some land there, and we got invited to go up there and, and fish. And thank you for inviting us. Amen. I'm going to drop your tithe to 10%. <laughs> now, I got a reason for saying this beyond just bragging, but who caught the most fish? Pastor B. Who caught the most fish? Pastor B. And it really wasn't even close. No, I'm just saying. I mean, don't take that how I meant it. You know, guys, if, you, if anyone went on that trip, you're watching live feed, you know it's true, so just, just take it. You know the difference between what I did and what all the other guys did? Tell them what the difference between how I fished and how everybody else fished. I stayed in one place. 
I could look in the water and I saw hundreds of fish everywhere. So why am I going to leave there and go there when I know there's fish here? You can go back to the drums, but you just stay here for a minute. Every other person on that trip walked up and down that river. They spent half their time walking up and down that river trying to find fish that I guess were different than the fish at their feet. I decided that if I'll stay here long enough, I'll figure out how to get out of this river what I want from it. And so I tried casting over there, and it would bring the, the, the lure over here. And that, that didn't go over the fish, so I cast over there, and it brought a little bit closer. And so I tried it over there, and it went behind it. So I, 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 I just kept casting. While everybody else was walking, I was learning. And finally, I cast it in the right spot, and it went right over that big old salmon. And I went, whoo. And we ate him that night. Am I telling the truth? I'm making a point, okay? That instead of me trying all kinds of other stuff, find what works and do it. And then when you find somebody that finds what works, do what they do. Right? And so my point is that if you want out of the river, what you see, it's just a matter of figuring out how to get it. And the Bible tells us, God shall bless us. So I'm not going to run to the world. I'm not going to run over here. And I'm not going to run over there. I'm not going to try this. I'm going to stay in the river until my harvest comes. I'm going to stay in the river. Until I get what I came for. I'm not chasing something else. Because I've got what I want right here at my feet. I've got in the house of God everything I need. It's just a matter of me getting it out of here. And I get it out by how I yield in the spirit of God. My yield determines my heart. God. God. Say it with me. God shall bless us. If you knew how much God wanted to bless you, because the rest of that verse says, and that all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That word fear doesn't mean to, to, to cower in, in terror of God. It means all the world's going to learn to respect and honor God. It means that they're going to receive, they're going to be amazed and be awed by him. You want to know the best way to have revival? Practice what I preached this morning and tonight and be blessed so much that everyone out there says, I want exactly what those people got. I want to have the kind of marriage they've got. I want to have the kind of kids they got. I want to have the breakthrough they've got. I want to have the peace that they have. I want to have the joy that they have. God wants to bless his people to the point that the world says, I want what Bethlehem Church has. I want what these people got. It's a revival of souls coming in saying, God, give me what I've seen in his life. Let me have it. Amen. I'd like to pull every backslider that got away from God that's back. I'd like to pull them all up here. But since I can't, I'm going to just use him again since he's already here. There's, there's young people like him raised in the church, got out in the world, did almost everything you can imagine, was as far from God as somebody raised in church could ever be. But he told me last night that while he was working on a road crew so far from God, that God began to talk to him. He said, when I was far from God, God talked to me like he had never talked to me before. 
The whole time he was away from God, God was saying, come on back, son. I still love you. I haven't changed how I feel about you. I haven't forgotten about you. I haven't thrown in the towel and given up on you. Some people from your past may have said, Marshall's too far gone. But God, while you're on a road crew, backslidden, God says, I'm still talking to you. I'm still here for you. What God wants to do in his life is so powerful. What God wants to give you in the spirit and in the natural is so powerful that all those people that are out of church just like you were will say, I want to get what he's got. I want to get back so I can have. It's the Lord. Everybody with backslidden children ought to shout a little bit right now. You ought to just say, God, if you got backslidden grandchildren, brothers and sisters and family, you ought to say, God, bless us so they'll get hungry again. Bless us so they'll get hungry. times are coming on this old world. The world is going to reap what it's sown in sin. Nations are going to struggle. Economies are going to struggle. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in diverse places. But in the middle of it all, God wants to bless His children. So the people that are out there enduring it will turn their gaze towards the people of God and say, God, if you can do it for them, I want to get it too. That's the design of God, that the world shall see it. Lift your hands all over this place. We've already had three altar services. I'm preaching a principle. That will release the supernatural in your life. I'm preaching a principle today, this morning and tonight. That will release the supernatural. That when you're tempted to say, my kids are so far from God. There's no way they'll ever come back. You just release this principle and see what God is going to do. Oh, I got so much debt, I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. I got so much pressure on me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've got so much in my life going on that I don't know how it's going to work out. You practice this principle and you watch what God does. You put this word into action in your life. Not just on a Sunday night when it's easy to shout, but on Monday morning when doubt touches you on the shoulder. When you go to the mailbox and there's a bill that's more than you can pay and the devil whispers in your ear, you can't make it. You can't do it. You just go ahead and put this. You ought to shout all the way in from the mailbox with that bill in your hand and say, God, I believe what your word said. Brother Ronnie, you've been in church a long time, right? Seen a lot of stuff. Am I preaching the truth? And what I, have you seen in your long life living for God? Have you seen that what I've preached today really works? Always works. Sister Joanna, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I think you're our oldest member. You've lived for God your whole life. Have you found that the stuff I've preached this morning and tonight really works? You've seen it for at least 40 years. Brother KC, you lived for God a long time, hadn't you? Haven't you lived for God a long time, Brother KC? God, he don't even know. He's lived so long he can't hear me. God brought you out of a heart attack, didn't he? You know that what I've preached will show up when you need it the most, don't you? You've learned it in your life. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. 
from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. I will praise him with my whole heart. I'm going to yield myself. I'm going to yield myself. I'm going to yield myself to his presence, to his power, to his goodness, to his mercy. And I'm going to watch my harvest come in, in the spirit. I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting good reports from doctors. I said, I'm expecting good reports from doctors. I'm respecting circumstances that looked impossible to turn around. I'm expecting people that's been away from God for a long time to march their way down to this altar and lift their hands and ask God to restore. I've already seen it in the Spirit. I already know it by faith. Now I'm just going to sow until it happens. I'm just going to sow until my breakthrough comes. I'm going to sow until my miracle comes. I'm just going to keep sowing because I got a promise and I got a law and I got a principle and I can stand on it. quit and I'm getting ready to quit right now just to, but, but but the Bible said that the Lord caused it not to rain because there was no man to till the ground he said until I can get a man to sow I can't rain my blessings down Genesis it's in the book of Genesis he said I can't send rain on the earth the seed is already in the earth but I can't let it grow the harvest is already its already in the ground, but I can't send the rain to make it grow until a man is willing to till the ground, until there's somebody willing to follow the law. I can't pour the... Somebody's, you already got your miracle right in front of you. It's just waiting on you to take your praise to another level. Take your giving to another level. Take your living to another level. He's just looking for a man. He's just looking for a woman. He's just looking for somebody that'll do the work to make the harvest come up. by the hand and worship God together with them. This is your closing. 
This is your close, and you can do whatever you want after this, but just, but just go ahead and worship God with somebody for your revival, for your breakthrough, for your miracle. Lord, Bethlehem's sowing right now. God, we're sowing for our revival. We're sowing for our harvest. We're sowing for our breakthrough. We're sowing for our miracle.
I don't want to stop y'all's praise tonight. You can shout however long you want. You can shout however long you want. You can shout in here all night. But I just want to remind you, we have spaghetti out here in the S&P Wilson Center. I don't want you to forget about life you're about in the foreground as well. But praise God, I'm thankful for the service we had tonight. One more time, let's shout Jesus all across this room tonight. about to happen. 